Hello, beautiful human, and welcome to today's episode of the podcast. You may notice that the audio sounds differently today because I'm not in my regular podcast recording closet. Why? Because I procrastinated <laughs> and put and there's like a weird hum in the background. I might be the only one who could notice it, but you know, whatever. That kind of ties into the theme for today's podcast. So I uh, I procrastinated on recording this episode and I have a meeting in like 14 minutes uh, and I was like, okay, I could not show up for this or I could just do it and I could do it where I'm going to be taking the meeting and I could do it with my laptop making the weird buzzy noise that it's making and I could do it just accepting the circumstances of my reality right now. And that really ties into the topic of today's episode, which is about showing up messily, right? Like showing up imperfectly. And I bring this up because, you know, increasingly human becoming is orienting towards supporting humans who are wanting their purpose to show up in and through their work. So through their art, through their healing work, if you're working as a coach or a healer, or a tarot reader, um, someone who does some kind of service-based offering uh, for the collective or someone that does like a product-based offering. Like if you're creating like a physical art piece or if you're a herbalist, uh, um, there's so many things that I could just go like on and on and on. And increasingly, I'm orienting towards people who are showing up and offering things to the world, offering their medicine to the world, and often offering that in ways that pay them. Um, but even if you are someone who like shows up and you have like a social media presence and, uh, with your social media presence, you spread a lot of love to the collective. Wonderful. Really, I'm focusing human becoming on, uh, humans who are doing the work of showing up for their purpose, uh, in, in and through their work specifically. There are so many ways to show up for purpose, right? Like we can limit purpose to work, but purpose is, it's who we are and it bleeds through all our relationships. It flows through all our relationships. But um, I really want to focus on people who are essentially, <laughs> I wanted to say like selling themselves for money, which is a really funny way of putting it. Because uh, I don't think of myself as selling myself for money, but you know, I like to be provocative. People who are selling their time, exchanging their time for money, exchanging their art for money, exchanging their God-given gifts for money. Um, one, because it's important that we do this, right? Like this is how we survive in this material reality. And, and of course there are many paths, but I'm really fucking interested in the path where we choose to let the thing that pays us and provides us sustenance be the thing that is also what God has asked us to offer the collective in this lifetime. Like that's my interest. And so in that, right, like I'm going to get super specific today. Um, because if you're, if you're doing this work, there's a likelihood that in some ways you show up and are visible or you're avoiding showing up and being visible. <laughs> and that showing up and being visible could be through social media, um, through TikTok, through Instagram, through Facebook, I guess. 
<laughs> through a website, through a YouTube channel, um, through going on to people's podcasts, through being visible about your message, right? Like there's wonderful things about the technology that we have that allow us to spread and share our message with other people. And I've been thinking about this, like when we create, for example, if you're creating a podcast, if you're writing a book, if you're creating a new offering for your business, if you're selling something, there is this, this visibility in that. And because of cancel culture and a society where we demand perfection, there can be this avoidance to showing up if we can't show up perfectly. So that was showing up for me today and being like, I'm not going to record this episode if I can't do it in my podcast closet, if I don't have enough time, if I don't write, like if all the conditions aren't perfect, I'm not going to do it. And then there's the other voice in me that goes, this could have value for one person one person might need this reminder. One person might need the reminder that they get to show up messily, that they get to show up perfect, imperfectly, and that them showing up in who they are and what they can offer authentically is a way better gift to the collective than saying, no, I'm not going to show up until it's perfect. But because of shame, I'm going to bring in the nuance here of shame and then cancel culture. Why do I bring that up? Well, what is what is what is in polarity with shame perfection what is in in polarity with perfection shame there's like an interesting dance between perfection and shame i this probably wouldn't hold up to scrutiny so don't scrutinize it <laughs> take me at my word um yeah there's some interesting dance between shame and perfection however we we um however we define that perfection being this right like you only get to show up if you can do it quote unquote right if you can do it perfectly and then um or you know perfection yeah you only get to show up you can do it perfectly shame you're bad you're bad 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 you're so bad <laughs> right like shame is this voice that tells us that we are bad that something about us is bad and wrong and that we have to hide the parts of us that are bad and wrong i have a few episodes on the podcast about shame so you can like scroll and find uh one if you're really interested in this topic uh but shame tells us that something about us is inherently wrong and we need to hide it and then the and like what we often move into as a trauma response to that is like, oh, I only get to show up in all my goodness, aka in my perfection. And so then we can become perfectionists as like a trauma response to the shame of our society. And shame shows up in cancel culture. I've been thinking about this in the spiritual community and how sometimes we demand perfection from spiritual teachers. So like spiritual teachers have to hold all the nuance. They have to hold all the different pieces of the puzzle. Specifically, I'm thinking about Abraham Hicks. If you are familiar with like manifestation work, you might have come across Abraham Hicks's work. And Abraham Hicks, I think, does fantastic mindset work, fantastic mindset work just like absolutely incredible, especially around manifestation, the way that she shares um, or they share around how to be patient in, in the face of waiting for a manifestation, how to stay in that space of yearning and wanting. Um, I personally, it's it's helped me so much. It's been so useful to me. And I also know that a lot of people could engage with that body of work. And it really is 
fantastic mindset work, but it doesn't deal as much with embodiment in explicit ways. And it doesn't deal as explicitly with shadow work, with trauma resolution, you know, with embodiment, nervous system work. It just doesn't explicitly do these things. And I think there's a way that in our current society, it's like, well, if someone, if a spiritual teacher wasn't able to hold all the nuance, if Esther Hicks wasn't able to hold the nuance of her work being embodiment and shadow and mindset and this and this and that, then it's not useful. And it's like, whoa, what if we could just be like, at Esther Hicks, that's like the person behind Abraham Hicks. Esther Hicks has a lot, or Abraham Hicks has a lot to say that's really useful about manifestation and mindset. We can use all of that and we can recognize that it is incomplete. It is not the complete puzzle. And we can look at all these other teachers and wisdom holders and medicine holders who have spoken to shadow, who have spoken to embodiment, who have spoken to trauma resolution, who have spoken to nervous system work, and we can use that and weave the whole puzzle together because expecting one person to hold all the nuance and paradox of God is a lot. And most of the people who hold all the nuance nuance and paradox of God are poets who speak in <laughs> in like Zen koans, you know, that are really hard to understand. <laughs> um, but when you meditate on them for long enough, if you're not familiar with Zen koans, like you can familiarize yourself with the tradition so you can understand what I'm saying. Um, but with Zen koans, you know, they're meant to be paradoxical and confusing and for you to meditate on them for some time until they make sense and they're short and sweet. And we're looking at people who have created whole bodies of work and then we're saying like, no, you know, um, this isn't good enough. And I think that's really connected to shame. So this is where I feel like no one's saying cancel Abraham Hicks, you know, but sometimes there can be the slight undertone of like, if a spiritual teacher comes across as like spiritual bypassy, or if they come across as incomplete, then like, don't listen to their work. And I say instead, listen to what they have to offer and recognize that they're human and what they're offering is incomplete. Uh, and And that for me feels so much more nourishing and and it's how I want to be met in these teachings, right? Like in any episode, I would drive myself crazy if I tried to hold all of the nuance, right? Like for example, if I show up to record an episode about money and I'm trying to hold all of the nuance there is to hold about social justice and capitalism and the energetics of money and masculine feminine polarities and the way that, you know, new age spirituality has gendered those concepts and, and the way that they can end up being, you know, uh, turfy and the way that that can be problematic and harmful to people and you know the way that like money is really cool and the way that money has been really traumatizing for us in society and you know like I could spend <laughs> so long creating an episode uh, I would have to have a whole sermon really <laughs> uh, in order to hold all of the nuance and and I always, you know, wish that people can receive what I'm offering in an episode without holding me to like, well, you didn't hold this. But holding the nuance there too, I don't want people to pretend that I'm perfect. I want people to say like, yeah, Tumi said something really valuable about money and <laughs> there's the and. Tumi said something really valuable about money and 
there's also this piece around embodiment and social justice that I'd like to add, right? And that way we get to be part of this continued evolution together. We get to build on each other's work instead of demanding perfection and like the spiritual teacher who is on the pedestal and gets everything perfectly, which I just think is dehumanizing. So this for me really is my weekly reminder to you or my bi-weekly reminder to you that you do not have to be perfect in how you share your medicine. You do not have to be perfect in how you share your teachings. You do not have to hold all the nuance in the world that there ever has been ever because otherwise I think you would just become, you know, uh, someone who writes Zen cones or, or you would become, you know, a 13th century Sufi poet, <laughs> uh, that, you know, writes beautiful words about God. And also, you know, that becomes the site of deep meditation. But if you're trying to, um, be a person in the 21st century who's sharing their medicine around, <laughs> you know, what has been useful to them, what has been useful to them in, in thinking about the universe and God and their place in human society and how to survive out here and, you know, how to make the best out of this life and how to find pleasure in it. Don't beat yourself up <laughs> and know that you're never going to be able to hold all of the nuance, you know, or not never going to be able to, but like you don't have to hold all of the nuance and all of the and, and, ands, and also, and, and to hold all of the asterisks, I like to call them, in order for your medicine to have real value. And so, my invitation to you for this next week is to consider what is the thing that you are really yearning to create? What is the thing that you are really yearning to share? What is the medicine that you are wanting to offer the collective because you know that the collective is needing to receive that medicine, is wanting to receive that medicine, is yearning to receive that medicine? And where are you not letting yourself share that because you think it has to be perfect and because you are demanding perfection and total nuance holding and total like, well, I don't know enough. I need to be able to bridge all of these different things to know enough to be able to show up in integrity with this medicine, with this wisdom. Where are you doing that? And where is that actually a trap that doesn't serve any of us because we need you so desperately and we need your medicine so desperately and we need your wisdom so desperately and we need the peace that you bring to the puzzle so desperately. Where can you look at that? Where can you commit to showing up for it, even if it's messy, even if it's imperfect, because we need it? And that's it for me. I love you, and I will see you again in two weeks. <laughs>